Nazi scientists, some of them tied to war crimes, including horrific concentration camp experiments, brought to the U.S. in a secret program to advance American security interests during the Cold War. It sounds like the plot of a film drama, but it actually happened, and on a large scale. The real looting in this country takes place in the transfer of the wealth from the poor to the rich. I'm sorry that you don't like class and the truth, my friend, but you're just stuck with it. And the poor have been systematically looted in this country. The rich have been made richer under this criminal fascist president and his government. I know what fascism is. Nazis are. No, wait, sir. Wait, sir. When fascism comes to America, it will not be in brown and black shirts. It will not be with jackboots. It will be Nike sneakers and smiley shirts. Smiley, smiley. The, the, the fascism. Germany lost the Second World War. Fascism won it. Abs in a six pack. It's abs in a six pack for 421 2021. Joined by the Mystic Anarchist for part two of our Montauk series uh the final part i'm assuming man do a new topic next time yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see if i yeah. can get through that shit um <laughs> 421 man like this was a bad year to quit smoking weed yeah you know? <laughs> was that joke I on the on airplane uh Remember the, the airplane, not airplane two, but the original airplane from 1980. Oh, fuck. That dude. I rewatch it, man. It's been so long. I picked the wrong. It's like, it starts off as like trying to yeah. land the plane. I picked, I picked the, wrong. the wrong day to quit sniffing glue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for real. It's, it's, uh, it's been a wild year so far and shit. We'll see. We'll see. See how the 5G signal is coming up, but. Oh yeah! Just enjoy uh, yourselves. You are gonna love it. So we're uh, <laughs> we we left off um, last time. We, we talked about paperclip, and if you haven't heard the first episode, we did. You and I did, and Noah was there for that one. We will we'll, we'll talk about we, we talked about uh, all kinds of stuff, but mainly the history oh, of man. the whole world. <laughs> and yeah, led in, led yeah led I into, wanted to do a. A magic occult history leading into the uh, the the vast uh, you know occult ideas of the Nazis and how it led into Montauk and and the fucking JFK assassination, but we never made it to JFK assassination. You're right. We but, got to uh, we got through paperclip and we'll like the occult stuff. Well, do you want to pick? Do, we left off yeah. with a couple Montauk clips, but do you want to start at JFK because that is kind of where we. Never got to last time. Oh shit! You know, let let let's say this. Like, I woke up in the middle of the night uh, about a month or two ago, uh, feeling hella hella sick. I I just I woke up with a bad migraine and and uh, I I managed to you know I'll put an ice pack on my head and and I, as I was drifting to sleep, I began to think about the garden of Eden 
and I began to think about the serpent and Eve and the, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this thought came into my head. This, I heard this phrase of magic is not the trick itself, but magic is the ability to get someone to believe the trick. And that's where the magic is. It's the power of, of, it's a very intuitive, uh, strange spiritual thing where you have to be very careful about what you say and what you do and how you present yourself to a person. And when you do that, uh, it develops either a certain amount of trust or a certain amount of, uh, assurance to that person. And that's where magic really is. It's not the trick itself. It's not some kind of supernatural power. It's in how easily you can convince someone of something. And that's kind of been the whole thing that the world's been doing for, for ages and ages and ages. You know, going back to uh, when, when the first bits of written language developed in ancient Egypt and how that branched off from the hieroglyphs into, uh, uh, you know, Babylonian language and, and Phoenician language and, and Hebraic language. And that's all that letters are, man. Writing is essentially uh, a, a magical ability to convince someone of something. And everything in the world that we see aesthetically there are all these things that that fire the neurons in our brains and uh convince us of shit whether it's the truth or not it convinces us fully yeah the magicians and, uh, really it, up to their game when they introduced the radio and the television for sure oh yeah and i mean you got uh that, that's all marketing really is i i've you know as i've kind of I've studied a little bit about the history of marketing and how marketing developed over time and uh you know yeah this you know the first people that really started marketing were snake oil salesmen and and uh magicians they were showmen they were orators and they they could uh convince people with their phraseology and their language you know and, uh, well, the the snake oil salesmen of the pharmaceutical industries that. run the uh, they they sure they certainly are the main funder of the media. So we got a lot of that going on now. But I mean, there's you, there's plenty of people um, on the uh, on the internet on the fringes that are snake oil salesmen too. But they're not the uh, they're not the ones running the show. They're the <laughs> they're not making the yeah. The, have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed how like all the all the uh, all the drug commercials kind of look the same? Yeah, happy, you know, bright, butterflies, mm-hmm. ukulele and they've music. Got this really nice, yeah, and then this nice voice comes in. And it's like such and such may cause anal fissures, bleeding, death, schizophrenia, you know. And it goes on and on and on and on. And you're just like, holy shit, maybe I shouldn't take that. Maybe I'll just deal with my affliction. <laughs> Uh, but you know that's that's the way it goes, and so. But I feel like we've I have seen a, uh, these. Just to, I have a clip uh, on that real quick. Yeah, yeah, go for it. High blood pressure got you down. 
ask your doctor if Zortofrenex is right for you. In clinical trials, Zortofrenex was proven to lower blood pressure. Ask your doctor before taking Zortofrenex. Women, pregnant women, and most men should not take Zortofrenex. Known side effects include dry mouth, upset stomach, mild death, blindness, massive heart attack, difficulty breathing, erectile fungus. Almost all men who took Zortofrenex experienced a severe loss in sexual performance. This is normal. <laughs> Please stop taking Zortofrenex immediately if you feel mild discomfort on or in testicles, as this can be a sign of a rare and extremely unpleasant side effect known as total scrotal implosion. If total scrotal implosion should occur, call your doctor right away. If you cannot move or talk due to the debilitating pain of total scrotal implosion, please have a loved one call your doctor. There is no cure for total scrotal implosion. Zortofrenex, always the right choice. <laughs> the boondocks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Man, total scrotal implosion. They, <laughs> they got happy. The they got this old man just happy in the woods with this young lady just dancing and making out and playing his guitar. <laughs> Um. Yeah, like that's that's it, man. And they've like, how much can you be convinced of? And and like, I I I was really heavy into evangelical Christianity for a really long time, and uh, from like thirteen until I was thirty, and uh, I mean all in evangelical Christian at church all the time. I was in christian metal bands i was like uh, doing mission work you know i i did a lot of evangelical work and uh you know when i turned 30 all this chaos going on in in the political world kind of like opened my eyes up to like uh, these people really aren't about following Jesus. It's about this political agenda. And uh, the the Jesus thing is kind of just a means to get people into this political idea. And and uh, I kind of started to wake up from that a little bit. And and, you know, I, I, I'm more liberal than I am conservative now, but the liberals are just as bad. The liberals are, are you know, uh, f for goodness sake, I don't know if you saw the Pelosi, the Pelosi uh, video oh, just recently. Where she thanked George about, Floyd for getting killed. <laughs> yeah, thanking George Floyd for his fucking sacrifice. Like George Floyd, you know, was, was in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, you know, knowing he was going to be fucking killed oh by God. a fucking cop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is tokenism at its <laughs> finest man and and it's uh it's don't fall though. for that shit yeah uh, don't fall for that shit don't fall for the conservative shit either um <clears throat> you know but yeah that was my favorite like the conservatives saying like saying that george floyd died of a drug overdose it's like okay maybe that's true but even if even if it is that dude is fucking that dude had a cop like crouching on his neck for nine minutes. I can't imagine that would have helped the drug overdose death if you really want to say that's what happened. Ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, both sides of, but it's the, like with most issues, the both extreme sides are retarded. Yeah, and uh, you know, no matter what, if you watch the fucking video, it is uh, it's a sad and disgusting thing. And that's not how we should do cop work. I mean, period. That's not how police should should do shit. Cuff the motherfucker yeah. and put him in the back of a cop car. God damn. And ninety five percent anyway, of these issues are are with cops or because of the drug war. That's a whole nother show. Yes, exactly. 
And that's what a lot of this comes down to. Like the power of control. And there's nothing that influences humanity the way uh, pharmaceutical drugs do or psychedelic drugs. I mean, you just, the more and more that people can learn how to control the human mind, the more and more they they tap into these things and they grab a hold of them and they they dictate what happens with them, right? And we can't make decisions for ourselves. We have to let the government make them for us. And it's led to a major distrust. Like, that's what the whole vaccine scenario is right now. Like, whether the vaccines are good or bad or not, like, we don't, like, hardly anybody can trust it because of all the craziness surrounding it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the history of it. And, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I I don't want to get off on vaccines, but it's like, if you would just the simple idea, the simple thing is get rid of the immunity of these pharmaceutical industries that have already admitted to criminal negligence. Just get rid of their immunity to never get in trouble for no, their vaccines, no matter right. what their vaccines do. If you make them liable, that solves a good chunk of the issue right there. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's very similar to uh, the way police unions have been in the past. Right. You know, and like teachers unions. unions have made it. Yeah, they've made it impossible to really make cops be responsible for their bullshit. Like, so, like, people need to see right now. Cops, it's interesting that the paradigm of those two, right? Because right now, cops and police unions are under a heavy level of scrutiny, whereas uh, the medical and pharmaceutical world isn't. Like, people are... You know, people are so scared over uh, coronavirus and everything that, you know, we'll just take whatever they say <laughs> Well, compared maybe. to it police seems like unions they're where... A, it seems like they're having a hard time getting rid of those a, vaccines. Not many people seem to yeah, want them. Well, it, it's going to take somebody like... It's going to take stuff like seeing what happened with George Floyd with the pharmaceutical industry for some kind of change to happen but it won't happen for a long time i don't think you know and but here's my thing i i you know i'm not anti-vax or any of that um or anti-cop i'm I'm uh yeah and uh, well mm, (laughs) you know like i i've uh i i live in a rural area in the south and uh just it's real here man like the the racism is real and uh you know i am i'm tattooed and i grew up like a goth emo tattooed kid wearing eyeliner and i was discriminated against by cops i was discriminated against by uh, a lot of different groups and you know normal social structures in my area so i can understand why people are leery of that and well, I, you know, I think I think the reason that the media is all of, yeah, I mean, it's Sololinsky type shit where like <laughs> the media is clearly 
all down to shit on cops and say all cops are bad, but they're not down to question the medical establishment. One, because the medical establishment pays their ad dollars, but two, because this is like if like the like Marxist writings going back, you know, almost 100 years, we're talking about getting the police and the citizens against each other is a good way to bring communism to America and overthrow the established order. I'm not saying cops are good, but there's clearly an agenda going on as far as, I mean, just look at the stories that get covered and the stories that don't as far as uh, cops shooting people. (laughs) There's that, there's been, there's that dude that was crying and begging for his life in the hallway. I think it was in Vegas and he got shot in the face. Oh yeah. That guy was white. So we don't know his name, you know, and there's, and there's a, and I'm not, it's, they try to make it a race issue when it's really just people versus the state and the small amount of bad cops. Um, now, like I said, I think you end the drug war and a lot of that goes away, but it's, I don't think this is much, the, the corrupt media wants to make this a race issue when it nine times out of 10 really isn't. They race, racial issues are a symptom of a larger issue, right? Like, I, I do firmly believe that there are race issues that are valid and they exist. And I think we are facing a lot of them and they have boiled to the surface right now. But wouldn't now, you agree that tokenize like, that as much as anybody? But wouldn't you agree that the people in power like to exacerbate those race issues to divide the peasants? Yeah, no, exactly. Right. OK, that's the thing. If they can make it about race, they can keep the alt-right fascist extremist inflamed yeah you get what i'm saying yeah like if you can keep if you can keep poor racist white people focused on racial issues instead of focused on class issues they will ignore the rich people in power and they will only focus on their quote-unquote enemy And that's been, you know, I grew up a poor white kid. I grew up around a lot of racism. I grew up around a lot of black kids, too. I grew up, you know, in in Knoxville in the projects. And, uh, you know, I was like the smallest white kid in my age group and would get picked on. And the only kids that would come to my aid were black kids. The only (laughs) kids that stood up for me and were friendly to me were black kids. So... You know, it's it's a very complex issue that it, it's not going to all go away overnight. But, yeah, you keep tapping into what I think the key is, and that is the war on drugs and the power of controlling how drugs are regulated and taxed and and. uh and criminalized so that you can criminalize the people that use particular drugs and and so on and so forth. And the same thing has happened throughout the history with alchemy. Uh, The people that had all of the scientific ability in the, and throughout history um, were being used to uh, try to make uh, 
lead into gold. They were trying to do any kinds of attempts. Now there were grifters in that group. That's the fine line between grift and uh, genius, right? Like grift and artist, because uh, you know these guys they they are passionate about what they were doing, and they were passionate about their science. But at the same time, it's like somebody's got to eat. You know, they got to eat. So if they could take a rock and make it fool's gold, they could sell it real quick, <laughs> you yeah. know, and make some money. So to so, put it in, in the to put it in the absolutely provable, no way you could dispute this. Just basic terms. Uh, Kanye is the the true artist, and literally every other musician throughout all of time is the grifter. <laughs> I don't know. Kanye is a fascinating role to me. And that guy, like, I've always been enamored with him. And he's. He, we need a bigger bathroom. Yeah, really do. And uh, he is a, like, he is really a, a, a talented guy. Like, he, he musically, um, he thinks outside of the box. But I voted same, for him. And man. He's also you, a town. Yeah. What do you think about him getting more votes in Tennessee than anybody any other state? That's I thought that was pretty interesting. Fuck. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a great example of, um, you, you know, people people want to vote for who they think best uh, they can best identify with or who they think is being the most honest, maybe. Yeah, there are people who who want to vote for uh, who they think will do a good job, but uh, that's the thing with Kanye. Like whether Kanye, I believe that Kanye believes his own shit. You know, like he's like the stuff that he's saying, he's trying. Like he's trying to figure it out. Um, now what he's trying to figure now what he thinks he's figured out, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but. I think he is trying really hard to figure it out and he's trying really hard to be honest. Um, I, you know, yeah, I, mean, I, can, I agree. I, I think he's, uh, I think he's, uh, I've said before, I think he's a matrix breaker for sure. And he's, um, the only, I agree with pretty like 99.9% .9 of everything Kanye says, which is more than I could say for anybody else running for president. Uh, even more so than Tulsi Gabbard, but um, it concerns me. Like we we talked about, and Mofax talked about this a lot with his Kanye episode, the Wolf King and the family and all that. But I mean, it concerns me when I see Kanye hanging out with Joel Olstein. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, here's the thing, man. I sent you a KRS One video a while back. Yeah, and KRS One going into like the Freemasonry and the Illuminati and the Rosicrucianism stuff. And he goes into all that stuff. And then at the very end of the video, he says like presidents are people too. He's like, <laughs> don't think for one second that presidents don't cry. Like these people cry too. Like they, they make some dumb fucking decisions, but they're not like, I've watched Joel Osteen cry because Joel Osteen does believe in Jesus, but he's he got, though? you know, he, 
he's made some he's made some maybe compromises uh with what's okay and what's not okay but i think that guy has maybe um you know i think there are parts of that guy that are genuine maybe man i, I consider don't know joel Osteen like an alchem a dark arts alchemist kind of i mean talk about maybe <laughs> talk about turning lead into uh, now, gold look I, at what that money that guy's got yeah and it's just being an and but here's the thing if you watch joel Osteen compared to like benny hen or creflo dollar or uh shoot what's the really crazy who's the one that blew on the covid virus oh, oh the dude man. with the that, okay that guy is proof lizard people exist the Have you seen that guy's eyes that guy's eyes man yeah the demonized guy Holy i can't shit. remember his name right now um that guy and, is... you know i come from that world you know of like like uh people who are super into like the tbn and all that stuff what's God, the tbn i got it i i t uh trinity broadcasting network oh um you know like the televangelist world dude i have the i have jim the baker's sword. the best yeah jim baker's wild he's great um i have the sword uh that was given to me by uh uh an evangelist who served under rod parsley who is a big televangelist and i mean that's a wild story i went into i was at a church in in clark range tennessee and like it was the second time i'd ever been in the church and it was like an ultra pentecostal ultra charismatic like prosperity gospel church it was really wild people are falling out people are like running outside and puking everywhere and like puking <laughs> out black tar and all this crazy shit. Like they, this is a church that had like, like Evil they Dead. had a service called, yeah, like miracle healing and revival services. Okay. So this is like hardcore, holy rolling churches. And this is the second time I've ever been in this church. And I'm like at the altar face down, like praying and like wanting like, to have this important mission on my life and i'm like god i want to change the world for you and i've got my hands out and i'm like face down laying on the altar with my hands out and i have no clue what's going on around me but i can hear the preacher and i can hear all the people like just going nuts and the preacher just saying stuff like i can't believe i'm gonna do this i can't believe you're telling me to do this god before and I've got my hands out while I'm praying and I'm, my eyes are closed and my face is on the altar. Like my nose is pushed up against this carpet on this altar. Right. And this guy puts a sword in my freaking hand. Second time I've ever been in the church. Jesus Christ. And he puts a sword in my hands and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But he's like, you know, and then he goes on and on about like the mantle and the anointing on my life and all of this stuff. And then later on, I'm talking to people and they're like, you know who that, whose sword that is, don't you? You know who gave him that sword? You know who gave the preacher that sword, don't you? And I'm like, no, who? And he's like, Rod Parsley from TBN. He's one of the biggest <laughs> televangelists in the world. Like, wow. you and so I got dude's sword in my closet. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to be a holy roller preacher but I'm not. So, <laughs> but there's pretty this awesome, wild man. stuff going on. Yeah. But that's the thing that's about magic, right? Magic is real, 
but the way magic operates is very different. And I closed my eyes to all this stuff for so long. And then uh, I started doing Wim Hof method when all this crazy political stuff was starting to get heavy. And my eyes opened up and I started seeing the illusions of, of everything around me. And I was kind of like, ah, I already knew that the political world was bullshit on both sides. But uh, man, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. Think about that statement, the knowledge, the knowing of good and evil. So what that is, is the understanding, or at least what you think the understanding of good and evil is. And I think that's what uh, being so absolute and, and certain in everything is. Certainty is not faith. Okay? Certainty is you is either uh, absolute truth or absolute denial, but neither is faith. Right, certainty can just be refusing to look at any contra any information that contradicts what you believe. Yeah, yeah. Now, like, I can look at the glass on my table and I can say there's a glass there, and I am certain it's there. Okay, but that's not faith. The faith is me saying that the stuff inside of the glass is going to quench my thirst or is going to make me uh, intoxicated <laughs> if you're me right now. Like faith is, faith goes beyond what you can see. It's the, uh, what is it, the, there's a Hebrew in the in the Bible. It says this verse in Hebrews is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay, so faith in its essence is mystical. It is a mystery. You cannot know it, but there is a certainty in the world right now on both sides: conservative, liberal. Uh, there's a certainty in the in the conspiracy theory world. There's a certain certainty in the spiritual world. There's a certainty in the um, the atheistic world. Uh, but man, I think that's the problem. Everybody is so fucking sure of themselves that maybe we need to say, "Hold up, I don't know what it's like to be inside of your head. Like I'm not in your brain." I can't think your thoughts. I can't feel your feelings. So maybe reality is not what I think it is because you experience reality completely different from me. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the, so, but that the, leads to some, some, some gray area. It leads to, you know, do you, yeah. When you, when you're not certain, of how the world works, it makes it a little more difficult to make decisions. Um, but it, I, I will yeah. say, like talking about the the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, like psychedelics are certainly 
that in my experience and a lot of other people's, which I don't mess with that stuff anymore, but pre-mushrooms, I would say I was like an automaton. Like I didn't really, like, I'm not, not that I was dumb, but I just, it was like this whole part of my brain was subconscious and it brought it into the fourfold of consciousness where like I was on autopilot almost for certain things. So, and, and once you, yeah, the, it, like the the knowledge of good and evil is important to have, but it's also like a curse almost in this weird way where you're just like things that you took for granted now, granted, things that you took for granted now are uh, like now you're aware of them. It's almost like knowing too much. And and it is kind of like, uh, like biblically speaking, if Adam and Eve were, you know, operating on instinct essentially before then. Um, yeah, like no, become like what's the serpent say? You'll become like God. That's why God doesn't want you to have it, because mm-hmm. it does yeah. like that. Like yeah. that stuff does make you aware, like ultra aware of spiritual ramifications of your actions and just the nature of the universe. Whether or not you want to say that's all in your head or not, but yeah, the the uh, the knowledge of good and evil is um, it can, well, and, and then on the the coin the other into that coin is, you know, like you might not have been committing evil if, and now you have the knowledge of, of like, Oh, I like, there's, it's like, I can really get far in life if I commit evil acts, which I think is where a lot of like going back to the magic side of the, uh, the polit- the establishment or the elite or whatever, or just like your av- average redneck occultist. <laughs> like there's, you can go pretty far with uh, once you kind of realize how things work in that sort of a way. I don't know if that made sense, but. Oh, no, that's and that's what I was getting at with, you know, the the trick isn't the magic. It's what you're doing to convince the person. Because the trick like behind every magic trick is like a sleight of hand or some some kind of technology or modification, right? Well, you know, if a person were to look and uh, reverse engineer or whatever, something long enough, they could figure it out. But the trick is what you do to make them not pay attention to the technology or the sleight of hand, the technique or the technology around it. That's what keeps you from not knowing what the the trick is but the magic is where the talking in the the conversation and what that person can do to distract you from what is going on in reality and that's a fascinating idea and if you can start to pull that apart even beyond and i want to say beyond just what you see in the media are beyond what you uh, draw your own conclusions from. But I would say even in the conspiracy theory world, like, like I I'm fascinated with conspiracy theory. I'm very skeptical of all of conspiracy theory, yep. but I'm very fascinated to with why people believe the things that they believe. And that's why Montauk, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily want you to pick Montauk out of the 
the the the the thing that I was pulling apart. Um, but Montauk is like the the blender yeah. of the conspiracy theory it's a world. Hodgepodge. Freaking Preston, yeah, Preston Nichols took everything and shoved it in there and swished it around real good and threw it all out. And it's a perfect way to get like Montauk is probably the least believable uh, out of out of the majority of the conspiracy theory world. When you start talking to people about Montauk, like they're like, and even Garitano, who's put out some of the best uh, Montauk, um, you know, documentaries and stuff. He's extremely skeptical of what Preston Nichols and a lot of those guys were saying. Right. Because it's just so out there and it's, it is the hodgepodge. It is. Yeah the it's the melting pot of conspiracy yeah conspiracy theory soup yeah now i there is like provable like there well there's there's things that i would consider provable like you we didn't get into it yet but jfk 9 11 that stuff is pretty hard to deny if you actually are honest with yourself and look at the evidence despite their best Mm, efforts to censor that there is there are stuff there are things in there that are irrefutable Right, you and, cannot and like twenty-eight pages. It came it out. Israel undeniable. and Saudi Arabia funded nine eleven. So at the very least, like that was considered fake. But even beyond that, like Gulf of Tonkin, MK Ultra, Operation Northwoods, where Kennedy vetoed it, but the Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted to shoot up schools and movie theaters and blow up uh, drone remote controlled jo- drone jets and and kill a bunch of actual American citizens. Blame it on Cuba, so we could go to war with Cuba. It's basically what happened on nine eleven. <laughs> Mixed in with Sandy Hook shit. That was a real thing. Operation Northwoods. So, like, yeah. we, when this is like nobody denies that's real. It's declassified. You so, know, I would so love. Cons- I would con- love to go to Cuba because. Do you know about the the museum that Castro made in Cuba? Uh, no. Have you ever heard about that? No, tell me. Castro built a museum about how uh, the CIA tried to assassinate him. Oh, they were trying to get him and for like, a there long are time. All these various different things about all these different attempts on his life, and they made they made a damn museum in Cuba about it. <laughs> they I tried would to love put to some like poison in it. in his. They tried to poison him in a way that wouldn't kill him, but make his beard fall out or something. If I'm remembering right, just oh, to make him like, yeah, dude, just to make people not like him anymore. All kinds of ridiculous shit. <laughs> yeah. um, they but, did that. They did the poisonous cigars. They did LSD. Yeah. Tons of stuff. But. um so yeah, the, as far as the conspiracy world goes, there's a whole spectrum, um, just like anything else, where that there's stuff that's not denied that used to be denied, and now it's like totally vindicated true. Then there's the stuff that's pretty clear. I think like anybody that actually cares enough to research it will find it. And then there's stuff that's off the rails, insane in the conspiracy theory world, like Baron Trump's a time traveler, and because the Trump family got <laughs> Tesla's patents and all this stuff. Which, anyways, but so the, I think as far as magic goes, and like a total psyop that was done by the <laughs> I don't know who the Gates and Soroses of the world, probably people above them, but whoever was behind QAnon, that was crazy. I mean that, and they had like they they got people. I mean they got Sidney Powell and Giuliani and and uh, all kind like top Trump people to start believing in that shit, which I don't know if Trump was 
involved in that and part of that or not. But I mean, I know people still that think Trump is secret, secretly the president because Q is right. this, and or that like, oh, he's going to actually get inaugurated on April 1st. I kept hearing that and I'm like, okay, why does the date get, keep moving back? But when I heard April 1st, I was like, okay, you guys are really going for that. Huh? All right. And it's like, I wanted that to be real. I wanted the thousands of sealed indictments to come out and like, you know, all these people go to jail like Brennan and Clapper and and uh, Comey and all these guys that are clearly corrupt. But it's like, after a while, you're just like, man, this is, you guys have to give this up. This is not real and it's not productive. <laughs> like, yes, pedophiles right. run the world, but like they're not getting arrested. And, and Trump is not, I mean, Trump did sign that executive order that uh, is probably why Epstein got arrested. I mean, child trafficking arrests and children rescued went up tenfold but those are all little guys they're get, they were getting it's like there's no like bill gates didn't go into fucking jail <laughs> yes he stayed at epstein's house yeah. a lot but like the QAnon thing was just like the greatest psyop of false hope and just to get people to sit on their asses that i've ever seen in my entire life and going back to like magic and deception in the conspiracy theory world that Q, that QAnon thing was incredible how well that worked on a huge chunk of the population I mean, I was even starting to wonder if it was real or not for a little bit. I was like, maybe once once Epstein got arrested, I was like, maybe they, maybe there's something to this because <laughs> I've been waiting for that Epstein arrest for years. Right. Like, here's here's the thing, uh, you know, because uh, to believe the QAnon story is really an optimistic view of reality. It is. Like if you, uh, because uh, it, good is going to win and there is a very specific small cabal of people that are going to be, that we have to take down. If we can take down that small group of people, all of the problems of the world will go away. Right. Yeah, but that's not how. That's not the reality of of why the, all the rich people are doing what they've done over history. I've spent, you know, a lot of stuff with Suez Canal has made me focus on learning things about uh, the Panama Canal and trade, trade and uh, stuff like that throughout history. A lot of it just comes down to just opportunity and convenience. Like all these people are not making these extremely evil choices because they are hyper evil people. It's their modern well, they're they're nice people. They yeah, it's just <laughs> these are the things that make me comfortable. They make me warm. And if I can be warm and cushioned Reptilians are cold blooded, just to fact check you there. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You got to put a heat lamp on those motherfuckers. <laughs> they want to be warm. And so whatever they can do to be warm and comfortable, they will do. Uh, that was one of my favorite things about the, the last episode you had Mo Fax on is Mo Fax was like, well, what about the reptilian and all of us and the reptilian brain, like the amygdala, right? Because there is a part of your brain that they say has that is um, a part that you have kept throughout all of evolution 
from the period of time where we were once reptiles. Right. And that's the amygdala brain, your fight or flight, your survival, these very like uncontrollable, like immediately like bam, bam, bam type things. And I like that kind of idea about the reptilian mind. Like uh, maybe reptilians are just uh, high functioning sociopaths. Uh, Maybe that's what's really going on. And what's happening is um, the subconscious mind is manifesting like these ultra science fiction things to tell us, hey, pay attention. Because that's the thing about the human mind, right? We only focus on what is sensational and novel. Like something has to be new and exciting and fresh and if it's exciting and fresh, we'll focus on it. So if the subconscious mind is saying, pay attention, and it's drawing these ideas of, like, what if the reptilian thing is just uh, an archetype that is within the universal unconsciousness? And it's just trying to smack us in the head with it, and it's showing us it in such a way where it's so sensational it's built in like a science fiction type setting but i now don't get me wrong like if you look at like uh i can't remember what that's called but have you looked at some of the like the naga um the lore and the mythos behind naga stuff and and serpent mythology like it's insane there's a yeah, uh, some of it. There's a there's this place in I think it's in Thailand. That's this giant, strange. I'll have to find it and send it to you. And there's it's the serpent like mound in giant, Ohio. Yeah, but there's in in freaking Thailand. There's this giant rock structure, like this monolithic rock structure, that I mean. It looks like a coiled serpent, and it's giant. It's massive. It's like I I have to find it and send it to you. I saw it, and it freaked me the hell out. Like I was looking at this thing, and I'm like, this thing looks like a snake, and I have a hard time believing that they that humans made this, and it looks like a normal geological structure. Mm. Um, I'll hunt that down and send it to you. It's it's a it's a it's a monolithic thing in i believe thailand man but and sometime I mean, in the even, future we need to do a, an episode on just like ancient uh history and how old civilization like advanced civilizations oh, yeah. actually are because that's an episode that's a topic i haven't covered but i really want to because I, I could go deep into that oh dude and that's been a big part of what i focused on because you know when i began to like see through evangelical christianity and I'm like, okay, well, where are the roots? And I looked into Judaism, and I've looked into Jesus, and I've looked into the Roman Catholic Church and, and all of these different things. And then you start to see uh, the the various different pagan religions all, uh, like Christianity was a melting pot for all these other religions um, so that 
evangelicalism could create a one world government or uh, or the Roman Catholic Church rather they I think I think the Roman Catholic Church was the first attempt at uh, well no it wasn't you could go back to Egypt that's another the thing Vatican, the Vatican's you know, got uh, their fingers in a lot of shady shit I'll tell you that yeah and it's wild uh, and this is another thing I like to talk about and I've never really touched on a lot but dude like like how sadomasochistic is Roman Catholicism like when you really think about it, like the the modern symbol of worship in Christianity is the thing that we killed God on. Like if Jesus were killed in modern day, like if say if Jesus was executed by electric chair, could you imagine people going around and like putting electric chairs on all their signs and in their t-shirts and wearing electric chairs across their necklaces and oh, like dude, that's a that reminds it's me of kind great, of like this weird go ahead as it reminds me of that great bill hicks joke where he's like it's like a lot of people like christians wear crosses around their neck nice sentiment you think if, when jesus comes back he's really gonna want to see another fucking cross it's like right he goes it's it's like walking up to jackie kennedy with a sniper pendant on just Pointing finger guns at her, just just thinking of John, Jackie. <laughs> right. No, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like maybe Roman Catholicism in its birth was this weird, like, Dom Cuck thing, right? Like, we want you to know we killed your freaking God. We killed him. Well, that's, and that's just more proof that jews run everything are you allowed to say that i don't know i see man y'all everybody gives the jews such a hard time and <laughs> thanks Mel i love jews <laughs> but you can't just like are we going to peg are we going to fall into the trap of like Aryan racist ideology of saying that an entire people group is the problem or is it? No, it's just, but it's just funny to me. It's like tongue in cheek. I don't right. like, like I, it's like, am I talking about Jerry Seinfeld? No, it's like, it, but <laughs> right. it, generalizations are fun and it makes the world more interesting. Broad stroking generalizations. So, <laughs> Well, and here's an interesting thing, and I, I recommend people go check it out. Uh, there was a documentary I just recently watched. It's on Hulu, and it's called Three Identical Strangers. And it's about these triplets in, like, the 1970s. And these three guys, they were, uh, they were all in an orphanage, and they were all sent to different parents, right? And just on a whim, they found each other. And these three guys, these three triplets, are the trip. They're triplets that were part of these experiences. You, uh, these experiments. You, you know, we always hear about people talk about these scientific experiments about nature versus nurture, and like people separating twins and doing experiments on them. Well, these are part of that experiment these three triplets 
and uh the the documentary is called three identical strangers and the um the scientists who did this work it's very tied into like jewish culture and stuff because the orphanage was a jewish orphanage and it was jewish children and the scientist was an uh an austrian jewish man who um came here as a refugee right during world war ii and he had worked with freud's uh daughter i believe if i'm not mistaken maybe freud's sister I, I i can't remember off the top of my head but he had worked with her um previous to coming to the united states and then somebody in washington funded him to do these experiments on these twins and on this set of triplets and they took them from you know essentially what it comes down to is this and a spoiler alert but a lot of the people that gave these kids up to this orphanage they were people who were suffering from mental illnesses and so they wanted to basically see if you know they were studying nature and nurture but then another thing that was a part of the study and that was what one of the guys who was involved with the study said was it wasn't really about uh their mental health it was about uh watching their development through different social economic backgrounds so you had these three various families one that was uh more wealthy and one that was middle class and one that was a lower middle class and they watched the development of these three different kids and uh you know they put these kids through some really heinous shit uh and you know you get to hear their story i highly i highly recommend the the doc it's a cool little doc it's a wild what's it, what's it called again I'll, I'll add it to the uh... three three identical strangers um, okay yeah and it's about these these you know this these experiments but these these experiments this study was sealed up and it belongs to yale and Eh, the um skull and bones like some of the yeah like the people involved like have like only a small amount have been given any information about it and a lot of information is redacted. And the one of the people who, one of the journalists involved approached the scientist before he died. His, his name was uh, Neubauer. And they approached Neubauer before he died. And he said that, you know, somebody in Washington, he was very vague about it. And he didn't really want to talk about what was going on, right? But he said that people in Washington funded the study. It was privately funded. And they were they sealed up these documents mm. uh, for sixty years. Basically, they wanted to seal the documents up until all the people involved were dead, and then they wanted to release them to the public. But that this all happened in New York, and it really leads you to wonder. This guy was an Austrian, and it leads right. you to wonder how involved stuff like this was to MK Ultra and it leads to wonder how involved like 
I'm not saying these kids were part of MK Ultra, but that's a big part of the Montauk story, right? Is all these Montauk boys and these kids at Montauk being uh, used for mind control and all this stuff. But the parents all suffered. A lot of these parents suffered uh, mental illness and, and all kinds of various psychological problems. And it leads you to wonder what if their parents were maybe, uh, you know, caused they maybe their parents were involved with something like MK Ultra, and then they wanted to monitor these children. Uh, it's very strange and it's very, uh, isn't it very ironic that a group of Jewish, a Jewish organization got involved into experiments with twins and triplets similar to what the nazis were doing and so it leads me to to say maybe some of these people weren't actually jewish maybe they were, <laughs> wow yeah maybe they were nazi scientists posing as jews that yeah and uh that's not i'm not the first person to to bring some of these ideas forth right and um that's the crazy thing about paperclip you know paperclip happened um the uh, what was it called the ozenberg file was uh wondrously pulled out of a fucking toilet and then given to mi6 yeah. and then ended up in uh, uh the hands of an american with 1600 various names of German scientists. Yeah, and we, 1, my understanding is scientists. 16, my understanding is that sixteen hundred out of thir over thirty thousand was closer to the real number. Wow! Now, um, see, that's crazy. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of those scientists, some of them may not have been necessarily. Uh, part of the Nazi ideology because a lot of scientists that were brought into the Nazi, you know, that were started working for the Nazi government at the time, if they didn't buy into the ideology, they were like, okay, well, you're a fucking truck driver now. Fuck you. And so a lot of guys that came over here, they were like, sweet. I'm, I'm no longer under the Nazis. I get to actually be a scientist now. But some of the guys like Von Braun, he, I mean, he was, he was one of the head guys in the rocket, you know, developing rockets for Nazi Germany and him and a hundred, I think it was like 160, 130 is the number that I heard that ended up in NASA. And, uh, you know, many of those guys, uh, it also seems strange that a lot of these experiments happened. Uh, you think about the Tuskegee experiments is, uh, experiments. Uh, there's a there's a, a some kind of NASA base, some kind of rocket science related base in On Alabama as well. Oh, that was close. No, well, uh, close depending on how you feel about flat Earth, maybe. But, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but you know, back we choose truth over facts. Yeah, thanks, bud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you want to do you want to get through uh, the Montauk clips I had, or do you, did you want to cover some JFK yeah, stuff first? Like, or 
How you want to do let's, this? Let's pump out some, some Montauk clips, man. I right. do want to dig into that a little bit. Uh, all right, here we go. People die in the name of science. Thousands of kids died in this program. Anybody that doesn't believe it, they're going to think we're all crazy. Tonight we go into the Montauk Project and what happened there and why it's so significant. My name is Christopher Garitano. I'm a movie maker and a documentarian. I spent the last 10 years researching the Montauk Project, which is the fundamental inspiration for the show Stranger Things. The cultural phenomenon of Stranger Things may be rooted in nostalgia for 80s pop culture, but a more insidious backstory predicated on conspiracies and odd facts lurks beyond the upside down. The area that Camp Hero stands has always been a strange place of interest by military in the United States. This is going back to the Revolutionary War. Fort Hero became the Camp Hero Air Force Station during World War II. It was a stronghold to defend this furthest eastern tip of the United States against either Nazi attack or attack from the Japanese. Uh, Dr. Al Buick was born in 1916 as Edward Cameron. He attended Princeton University and later Harvard University, where he earned a PhD degree in physics in 1939. He and his brother Duncan joined the US Navy and were assigned to the ongoing project called Project Invincibility. He remained in the Army until July 1947 when he was removed, brainwashed of all of his memory, and then given a new identity, Al Buick. The German scientist who had been bypassed through the Nuremberg trials into the U.S. straight to the Brookhaven National Laboratories and worked there for 20 years until they were kicked out by Congress. And then they looked for a new home and they found it at Montauk. I was eating jalapenos during the break. Um, so the, the, some of those guys that tell these, um, stories about being kids at Montauk, like some of them seem believable and some of them don't, um, right. It seems like some of them are like, like latching on to the stories that the believable guys were telling and just kind of base their stories on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, like. So, Al Bielek, uh Duncan Cameron, and Preston Nichols are the guys that kind of really started the whole Montauk thing. Mm-hmm. And they tied it in with Philadelphia Experiment. I don't want to touch too much on that because everybody talks about that. And, uh, you know, the Philadelphia Experiment is interesting because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have said that that's falsified stuff. There are people, the guy who came out, he recanted his original story and then he uh, recanted his recant, you know? So, but the interesting thing is, is when the Philadelphia experience experiment happened, uh, my grandpa was in the Navy and um, he, he was eventually, dishonorably discharged from the Navy. And from what my family knows is we know that he was, he did receive uh, like electric shock therapy and they were doing weird stuff to him 
while he was in the, when he came back, he was not the same. And, uh, I mean, I remember mm. when I was a kid, him telling me stories, like him freaking out, telling me stories about how there are men outside watching him, you know, like guys in suits outside watching the house and stuff. You know, he, he was always really, uh, he, he never talked about that stuff until way later on in life uh, when he got closer to passing and he was starting to kind of, you know, his, his mind was starting to go a little bit. And he was also a Freemason and he never talked about that either. Mm. But I mean, he was, sounds like a he was honorably trip. discharged. Yeah. He was honorably discharged. He had a 21 gun salute at his, uh, I may be wrong. He had the big, military funeral where they come out and they fire the guns you know i remember as a kid experiencing all of that it was really wild but um yeah like he he was uh, a couple of screws loose after he came back from the military um his first wife committed suicide um my my grandmother his second wife died mysteriously um it could have been a suicide, but I believe it was stated it was an accident that oh, happened fuck. with her. <laughs> an accident. Yeah. That's so, crazy. I mean, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of my family history is what has dug me. Like, I've started digging into a lot of this stuff. And my mom believes that, you know, uh, I think my mom thinks that he was involved with what was going on with Philadelphia Experiment. Now, I don't know if they were doing time travel. I don't know if the crazy sensational stuff was really going on, but it very well could have been that there were acid experiments and stuff like that going on at the same time. Yeah. I think with if you ever done acid, time travel doesn't seem that impossible. <laughs> right. For sure. Dean last and night, so, man, was telling thing. Last night on that Dogman episode, Dean was telling me, like, uh, like after he had already come down off the acid and like some sketchy people, you know, about t 20 years ago or something, he was, this is when the story happened. He's, there was like some people shooting up Coke or whatever, and he just wanted to get out of there. He's like, uh, hit, he like took a hit of this bowl, laid down in this grass in this town he was in and like laid down this cool, damp grass. And all of a sudden, like he's laying there and his arm is just like warm and slimy. And he's like, what the fuck? And he pulls his arm out. He looks over and his arm is in like a, the body of this like rotting dead horse, like in, that's been guts ripped out everywhere. And he looks that he's on and then he, he's on, laying on a pile of dead horses. And then all this he closed and because he, he had he had his eyes closed and he opened them and that's where he was. And then he closed them again and and opened them. And now he's back on the instead of a warm pile of like slaughtered horses, he's back in this grass. And he was freaked out about that for a while. And then he come to find he came to find out later that's where they uh hung a bunch of indians and slaughtered all their horses in like the mid 1800s oh, shit. shit yeah see that it was stuff, like the exact site of a horse massacre and i <laughs> so when stuff like that happens right. and i've had stuff that's not quite that crazy but in the same vein happen you're like time travel is just not doesn't seem like it seems like the government might have figured something like that out by now or at least remote viewing of time, as Metis would say. Which okay, now now remote remote viewing of time. I think something like that might be a lot more 
theoretically feasible, right? Because, you know, think about like there are a lot of people who have theories about paranormal activity and how um, the way residual activity, like residual paranormal energy works, you know, ghosts aren't necessarily entities. It's like a, a, a kind of like a screenshot of uh, something that may have happened. Right, like a, a, a psychic imprint or something. Area, right? Yes. And so that might be um, attached to what we're talking about here, right? And when we when psychedelics are involved, maybe the human mind can grasp some of that inner that those frequencies those energies going on um which has led me to like hi, i i'm highly suspect of of nichols and belick and all of those guys um and i th i have i have a few theories do i think time travel actually happened no i think that maybe the the government was like trying to see if they could convince people of it. Yeah, I just and, sent, I just sent you a uh, declassified CIA document that could be came out with FOIA Freedom of Information, but it could be total bullshit. But the CIA is talking about like a our our um, reality is like a simulated hologram projected from our the human mind, and it's got like some maps of how reality works and it's about how you can time rem remote view forwards and backwards in history at ci.gov link Whoa. <laughs> yeah yeah no, that's the stuff i'm into i i want to see that of course that's the stuff they want us to see right yeah that's exactly you know, it could like, be total horseshit and that's why i'm like i don't know this is the stuff they're declassifying this is the stuff they were okay with us knowing, right? Exactly. Um, and that's what, you know, Nichols, Nichols is a perfect individual to put out there to make people not believe that uh, stuff was going on at Montauk. Right. Because he was just saying the craziest stuff possible, like a freaking electrified Sasquatch was materialized in the base and it tore the base apart. I have like, that clip coming up. <laughs> right on. Let's play some clips. Uh, I, I, that, that one's closer to the end, but uh, right. go. play, play go. me some more clips. So up. Brookhaven National Labs, which in the fictional version of this story, Stranger Things, which is Hawkins Laboratories, is further west of here. Apparently there's an underground train that goes from Brookhaven to the underground facility at Montauk. So these places are connected. This device, before satellite technology rendered it obsolete, was the most powerful example of radar. But the legend tells us that it was used for a lot more, that it was actually used as part of the mind control program on the mass population. At that point, that's when it became literally a black secret project. Say again. That's Nichols right there talking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's throughout some of these clips. He's... Yeah, I, I don't know how credible he is, but it's interesting. Literally <laughs> a black secret project. They wanted a large number of programmed boys to be used for mind control operations. The idea of mind control at that time was not popular with Congress. 
ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> I think we actually played that because we I, I forgot we started these clips last uh, episode. So that that caught us up to where we left off. I'll go ahead and play the Mind Control Radio Waves 2. I think that's new. The Bartok Boys program, basically what they were doing, they would pick up boys, young men, off the street. According to Al Bielik and Preston Nichols and all these guys that say that they were at Montauk, they said that the tower was being used first to test the people locally, and eventually they were going to use this technology on the rest of the country. I'm all in on that. I think that's real. Well, yeah, I, I, I think a lot of that is, uh, like I said, what are they using exactly? And What is he building in there? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, Nichols is is uh, super interesting. There is tons and tons of footage of Nichols online just talking ad nauseum about all this crazy shit. Right. And it's just like absolutely ridiculous shit. But Dark Files history, uh, history channel put out the Dark Files and Garitano um we're listening to i think footage from montauk chronicles garitano put out montauk chronicles and i think after and after that he put out dark files and dark files you get to see some footage of nichols and his compound in upstate new york nichols lives on like a compound dude <laughs> he lives on this big compound and there are multiple people there that are ti's do you know much about ti's uh targeted individuals Oh, no. no, no. Targeted individuals. Yeah, gang stalking. Now, the targeted shit. individuals. Yeah, the gang stalking people. And I mean, you see videos of like people wearing uh, cooking pots on their heads up at Nichols Compound. And Nichols has all this crazy equipment everywhere. Um, but it's also <laughs> like run down and like Nichols looks like a hoarder. Uh, Nichols is fascinating because if you go through the research and, you know, Sam Tripoli, ha I, I heard it again on Sam Tripoli's, there's a, there's an account of Nichols and Nichols essentially started this group for Montauk boys. Right. And he was deprogramming the Montauk boys. Yeah. And it now, seemed like certain accounts say it gets a little sexual, maybe mm, <laughs> yeah. the deprogramming involved reiki energy like uh therapy right you know do you know anything about reiki or reiki yeah it's like this weird <laughs> energy healing where you put your hands over the top of somebody you don't touch them now it's fascinating it's yeah like you Jedi don't shit. touch them yeah yeah uh <laughs> but it's fascinating and people like there have been studies about how uh it, it can be effective to some degree but you know somebody else who got brought brought up to me that you know jim jones did reiki to some of his people and so this is a very much a a, a tool that could be used as a manipulation tactic and that the reiki eventually developed into him wanking off these guys <laughs> and uh like that was part of the deprogramming process. Now, I don't think that was part of the deprogramming process. I think, I think that maybe uh, Nichols might have been a little disturbed. Um, but 
I'm not going to just blame that on Nichols. I think Nichols was, I do think Nichols was involved with something. And uh, I, I think that, I don't know if he, I don't think he t- really worked on the base on the level of uh, being one of the head scientists. I think he maybe was like a local ele- electrician. Yeah. And uh, maybe he saw some stuff he wasn't supposed to see, or maybe they thought, well, this guy's going to be highly susceptible to uh, us doing some stuff to him. And we can, um, because uh, he, he openly admits that he was into the occult previous to him being involved. And so mm-hmm. with him being involved in esoteric knowledge and stuff like that, it leads me to believe if he's involved in those things, they thought he might be highly susceptible to uh, finding esoteric things with inside of uh, LSD experiments. Inside like of that. a inside of a tight little kid's ass. I just love the idea of well, Nichols with a with a like a little boy cock in each hand, just going, "Yeah, yeah, I'm deprogramming. Oh yeah." That's just that's just wrong, man. <laughs> that guy does give uh, off a weird vibe. So that's why I was saying I don't know if he's that trusted. Yeah. Um, well, I, and you look at people like um, I can't remember the dude's name, but one of the guys that gets he gets more negative feedback than anybody else, and he claims he was one of the Montauk boys. I can't remember the dude's name, but he's also one of the guys that like does you know psychic seminars and shit. He claims that he went back in time and got a blood sample from Jesus Christ and brought it back here. Is this the same guy that said he was fighting a war on Mars with a young Barack Obama? Probably. Okay. (laughs) Probably the same guy. Um, (laughs) He's one of the big, he's one of the big names on it and it's really wild stuff. Um, But I could imagine Say you're on LSD and you were, have you ever done any theater? Have you ever been in like a theater production? Oh yeah. I was actually the leading, not, not since college, but in elementary school. And then it's a lot in high school and college. I was like the leading role in a couple theater uh, productions. Right now. Okay. Could you imagine if you were like toast on LSD and like, uh, maybe done. They 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 hypnotized you while you were on LSD, and then they dropped you into a theater production. <laughs> you would probably think that that's really fucking happening. Also, they like yeah, uh, and they've had um like virtual reality, like very right um high tech virtual reality since the fifties, which we know they we have diagrams and declassified. So that's um right. they could just throw them in a virtual reality thing and like make him think he's on mars with a young barack obama i mean who knows plus you can put fault implant false memories so they could have like actually been doing a lot of this shit to these guys but then implant false memories into them and then just just to throw people off the course now they have this false memory that muddies the water of everything else that really happened Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing about it man and that's uh you know with hypnotism there is a myth in hypnotism where you you you'll hear a lot of hypnotists say uh you can't be hypnotized if if you don't want to be 
and I can't hypnotize you without you being in agreement with it. And I, and everything that you're doing, you're deciding to doing, that's not true. And there have been case studies to prove that's not true. So hypnotism, it has been proven. And that was the big thing with MK ultra, right? Was, uh, it may not be a way to, um, pull information out of people, but it's definitely a way where you could implant false memories. That is, I mean, I am, I'm a hundred percent sure that we can, oh shit. Are we still on? Yeah. Yeah. What's up? I don't know. I thought the computer froze for a minute. Um, no, I think uh, the but yeah, like with the UFO shit, like all these people no that doubt. like get hypnotized, and then it's like, oh, they brought back a a, re- a repressed memory of me being abducted. I think mm-hmm. not all of it, but a good chunk of that could be like because it's always the same hypnotist that pulls these memories out of people, and it just seems like yeah. that's just a way to get people to come to them and keep giving them money to pull out and pull out repressed oh, memories yeah. of UFO abductions. But really, the hypnotist could be putting that memory in. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And I mean, that's a big part of the satanic panic, man. Um, a lot of the stories of the satanic panic solely come out of regret, memory regression therapy. And so I'm highly suspect, suspect of, I mean, there are accounts of like uh, kids claiming that Chuck Norris raped them when the satanic panic was going on. And what the fuck i I cannot imagine yeah i can't imagine uh you know conservative evangelical christian chuck norris raping some kids you know that's like saying ron paul raped somebody it's like come on now right so like yeah memory regression is a dangerous thing and it's powerful and hypnotism is powerful um, people don't realize how effective it can be to really f- bend our ideas about reality. So, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, that it leads to also the ideas of, I, I think, and in, in Sam Tripoli, he mentions it in his Montauk episode. They did a great uh, a little episode on a, a CW Seed show called, what was it? mysteries decoded and uh he talks like the the guy who produced that was talking with sam tripoli saying you know what if it was just like uh uh you know some pedo guys like after the base was shut down and some pedo guys like was just luring kids out there and uh you know doing stuff to kids and they were telling all these stories to the kids and that could very well be the possibilities of it too man because you got a one inch packer apparently and (laughs) so it's but i think you know and i said it i think in the last episode too i was i was in a deep meditation one day and mk ultra kept popping in my mind and i had just watched woodward or wormwood woodward wormwood on netflix wormwood was good yeah, I, I loved it. Was it was a little it was drawn like, out. Uh, like, they could have done that in half the amount of episodes, yeah. but it was good. 
yeah, it's it's definitely something you want to watch on psychedelics. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck no, that. man. Well, it, it 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 tripped me out pretty bad. Um, but the uh, you know, I just finished that, and I was in a deep meditation one morning, and I was like, MK Ultra. Why is it called MK Ultra? I was like, what does ultra even fucking mean? And I look up the word ultra and, and the word ultra means zealot. It means extremist. It means radical. It means to radicalize. Radical. And, and then I, Michelob yeah. Ultra. Yeah. And yeah. And so, and what is MK? What is MK? Is it like mid nineties, like mind control with a K? No. <laughs> Montauk. It's the first and last letters yep. of Montauk. And that it and it that was one of the moments where I was like, that was kind of like a red pill type of experience for me. I was like, maybe Montauk, because that base has been there forever. It has been there since I mean George Washington built uh the the first camp on that space mm -hmm. and uh you know the friggin um teddy roosevelt was up there with rough riders stuff has been going on there for a long time and it's super secluded there's one way in there's one way out there's a freaking submarine base uh i think like uh what like an hour north in connecticut um I, it's just the location of Montauk is so detrimental and I just, I don't think we can get past the ideas that there, there had to have been paperclip scientists there. And, uh, yeah, it seems almost, you know, like a guaranteed, that's the big thing about dark files, the dark files pull out two pieces of irrefutable evidence. And that is they found large masses uh, underground that were, that had to have been some sort of metal object, large metal objects underground that go, um, they don't begin for the first 20 feet. There's nothing but topsoil or soil. And then uh, 20 feet below, they find something that goes down to 60 feet. So there's a 40-foot span there of metal objects. And, yeah, uh, yeah so, I mean, 20 foot below the ground, there is something big in a space with nothing around it. About, I don't know, several hundred yards off of the, the satellite base. Um, and, man, who knows about the SAGE technology? I mean, there... People have claimed that that thing has moved. Uh, that SAGE satellite is the only SAGE satellite that exists now. All of the other ones were dismantled. Why wasn't this dismantled? If they dismantled them all, why is that one still there? Unless there's maybe a scenario where they're going to use it. Um, they proved that there was electrical running to the building, modern current electrical there is a electrical box on that satellite facility 
that's been there put there recently. Yeah, and they could have um, you know within, they could have fifty stories of underground underneath that thing. Theoretically, who right? Who freaking knows? Yeah, who freaking knows? Like the Denver airport and type shit. The other thing they proved was um, there's a guy named Bill Minnick, and Bill Minnick, in the, I think in like the eighties or nineties. Him and his buddies, he's from like the Hamptons or whatever. Him and his buddies would go out there with video camera and they'd videotape it all the time. And there were like trenches that were empty, that were filled with water. And then they'd come back and they'd be cemented up. Huh. There would be there'd be places that they could access and then they'd come back again. And it would be unaccessible over and over and over again. And there was a comment made... Oh, I wish I could remember one of the um, where they had these giant turrets, right? These giant 16 inch cannons, right? Um, they got into one of those cannon buildings and they called it the access bunker. Hmm. So access bunker. It's like they launch you out of a cannon into what well no well here's the thing they're they, they so have like like big cannons there for they had these cannons for u-boats <laughs> right these big oh. 16 inch they shoot 16 inch rounds for nazi u-boats well there was one that these guys accessed in the oh no sorry and they got they got uh, a security person pulled up and they were radioing and they said they got into the access bunker or that like eh, access implies that 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 space isn't a singular unit that it accesses to something else you get what i'm saying yeah at first so it sounded like wake it sounded really cool like they launch you out of a cannon to a secret oh, part of the base wild. <laughs> um, and then the other big thing that they pulled out was he had photos of this house next to the this satellite facility, and this house has these weird, crazy paintings all over the walls, like ones like a kind of like a black and white checkered thing, and there are one that looks like this paisley thing, and one that's like almost looks like graffiti it's like these weird colors and stuff and it's like well that okay maybe that's graffiti but the okay i'm a painter i'm a residential painter right mm. so i'm looking at these pictures and i'm like wait a minute the ceilings cut in there's no paint on the ceilings there's no paint on the electrical sockets and so that implies if there's no paint on the ceiling and there's no paint on the electrical sockets, that implies that the electrical socket, the, the plastic plates for the sockets were removed and that the ceilings were like taped off or cut in. And so it couldn't have just been spray paint graffiti. This was a professionally done paint job. And they took it to people who study, you know, who were doing like, LSD studies and stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, this looks like something they probably use for LSD studies. Now, the guy who was uh, uh, a, a 
cohort of Tim Leary said, no, nah, it doesn't look like anything we would have used. But he was the only one that would have been alive at the time that that stuff was going on, right? There are people that claim that Tim Leary was involved with Montauk. He was definitely involved yeah, with the CIA, that's for sure. Well, yeah, but that's, I mean, the CIA was involved with everybody dealing with drugs. I mean, look <laughs> yeah. at Manson. Right. I mean, Manson was getting his his LSD from them, probably. And that's uh, another, I mean, look into Operation Midnight Climax, man. That, yeah, that was a crazy. That was one of the, that's a thing that has really blown my mind. I think that the guy behind Midnight Climax was the um the cia uh operative that was involved with trying to take down billy holiday the jazz singer mm. like he like he was the one that was trying to bust her right he was a formerly a narcotics officer and then he came in and he tried to bust billy holiday billy holiday got all the charges dropped but it led me to ask the question, have you ever looked into the, the death of Sam Cooke? Have you, do you know anything about Sam Cooke? He was a famous African-American singer. Um, I've heard stuff about he, it in passing, he, but I've never looked into it myself. If you look at what happened with Sam Cooke, it almost plays out the way the the Midnight Climax operations worked sam cook died under really mysterious circumstances where he was shot by a hotel the motel owner he's he was supposedly getting robbed by a prostitute and he ran out of the hotel room and he got shot by the hotel owner who is also a black lady mm. It just it, a lot of it is it just doesn't add up. Yeah, that seems and what leads suspicious. Me to believe <laughs> that the the and that's the thing. George White with Operation Midnight Climax, that guy was dosing everybody with LSD. Man, he would dose his friends with LSD. He dosed his wife with the LSD. He's dosing everybody and everybody. So a lot of people like will claim, oh well. You know, all these people being involved with LSD experiments, why would they be involved with LSD experiments? The CIA had people involved that would just dose fucking everybody. And that's what leads me to believe these people were pulled into the CIA by people who wanted loose cannons in the CIA. They wanted people that would dose everybody. They mm -hmm. wanted people who would purposefully do... um sketchy dangerous uh negligent dumb shit so that people would begin to distrust in the american government and that's why uh you know uh I, i've i've mentioned this to a couple of people but you know the communists br like brought down the nazis mm-hmm like Russia is the big force that brought down Nazi Germany. So why do you think there was such a heavy communist um, fear post-World War II? I mean, so like you can map this stuff out. It goes World War II, paperclip happens, McCarthyism, 
and like the the cold war begins and you get all of this like crazy stuff going on and like you get harvey oswald getting blamed they blamed him for being a communist um even though he was actually cia yeah and that's what i'm saying like they the goal is think about it this way germany nazi germany america and russia were grabbing all the scientists as quick as they could in that race the space race right Mm -hmm. what would be the way you could take down russia and america at the same time and if you could infiltrate both of their intelligence agencies through psychological experiments yeah that's a good point and meanwhile during the whole cold cold war china was just biding their time and now they're the top dog yeah they can play you know uh they were all playing each other you know we've been in this game of where people are playing everybody against each other and uh meanwhile china like it's wild man now i'm not gonna just blame china for everything i will (laughs) at the same time uh we've got to be my my philosophy in all of this man i and I probably need to go fairly soon. But yeah, I was my about... philosophy in all of this is stay uncertain. Like the more you can uh, hold all of this stuff open-handedly, the more likely you will find things. You will find the truth. Because every time I think I've grabbed the truth, something ends up showing me I haven't. Right. And, you know, so I was passionate about my faith, about my Christian faith, and that got shaken. And so I stepped back and I'm like, I'm going to look at everything openly. I'm going to hold it all with an open hand. And since I started doing that, I've had synchronicity after synchronicity after synchronicity. I love a good synchro. And Oh man, like I found a freaking Rosicrucian um, and Spectrus general buried behind the church that I became a Christian at. (laughs) Like I I need to send you some of the stuff, but I'm like, I'm not joking. She was the Inspectress general of a Rosicrucian order in 18, in the 1890s. And there's these three tombs behind my ch- the church that I first became a Christian in. And it's the only graves at this church in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. That's wild. You know, and, and that leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to me. It's like some national treasure, Nicolas Cage shit right there. Well, that's, and that was the thing, you know, I found out that my last name I started looking up my last name online and then I found, oh, there's some people in Germany and there's some people in America. And then there's this big group of us down in Argentina. <laughs> with my family name. <laughs> well, who's down in Argentina? All the f- 
fucking Nazis that fled. Yeah, they got whole towns that speak German down there. Yeah, man. And and so I'm like, I've had to like kind of come to uh, a reckoning with my life and with my spirituality and with my history. And so I say like, man, just hold everything with a loose hand. And, you know, you go, you talk about the COVID stuff a lot. And here's what I, here's my premise. Okay. Let's say that the left and Bill Gates and all these people are wanting to do all this population control and all this stuff. I think it's a lot more likely if they want to kill a bunch of people off, they want to kill off the people that are non-compliant. And I think it's hot, much more likely that's, they're going to do that that's by the, creating false information about these vaccines being that's the theory something is, that they're not. Bill Gates has he was on Stephen Colbert and Bill Gates said I think I call this pandemic one. I think pandemic 2.0 will get a lot of people's attention. And then he laughs really hard. Like, ha 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 ha. Stephen Colbert laughs. Right. So it would make, well, it would make sense. Who are you're, not you're exactly take right. The vaccine. You're exactly right. The so what, what you would do vaccines, you want to keep the sheep the around going to die. Right. Yeah. You want to keep the sheep around. So what you would do is give every roll out these MRNA vaccines. And then a couple of years down the road, release something from a lab that's going to kill everybody that doesn't have them. Right, but I can't and, look at things that people way. People who refuse <laughs> to get, yeah, but because then, because the people then, who then refuse you, then vaccines are the people that are on the other side, right? Exactly. That, I mean, the that's one. That's one potential outcome. I don't know, but there's also um, the other way you would want to. You want to. There's there's two different camps when it comes to the elites. Like one is we want people that are compliant and get rid of any rabble rousers or anybody that's going to resist us. But the other camp is to move the species forward. We need to get rid of all the dumb people, the people that are too dumb to look at this listed side effects of this kind of stuff and too dumb to question anything. So there's, there's two different camps of thought from the elites perspective and they don't always line up. I mean, I mean, and this is all hypothetical because who the fuck really knows what's going on. But before we wrap up, I can, I'll can plow through these Montauk clips so that we don't have to come back for a part for three sure. anytime. <laughs> um, and for then, sure. And then I want to hear your rap on uh, JFK if you have a little bit of time after this. Right. And I got a great title. If we do a JFK episode, I got a great title for you. Okay. And it's the the, the JFK took my baby away. You know, <laughs> like like that Ramon song, like the yeah. JKK took my baby away. Yeah. But with JFK, right? <laughs> I like it. Um, and I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about pun titles for conspiracy theories like for months. Anyway, that's what place, that's, place, let's play. I try to I try to always at least work win one every week or so. Uh, okay, What's yeah. you mon talking about, Willis? Hey, <laughs> there were people in the town and this is documented that they were having bad dreams. They were having headaches. Animals were freaking out. I mean, this stuff really happened after the kids were brutalized and brought through this trauma where they were injected with uh, heavy hallucinogenic drugs. Uh, they were physically abused. I mean, traumas that you couldn't even imagine. So once they went through all of this trauma and they were completely obliterated, their personalities were gone. Now they were ready for programming. They would use drugs like LSD because they were trying to find the combination that would create an altered state that allowed easy downloading of the programming. 
chicken McNuggets. <laughs> it's a good rest. LSD and chicken nuggets is like the cure-all. Uh, okay, look, little, little, this is where it gets a little... If it wasn't wonky enough, this is where it gets wonky, these last three clips here. Preston Nichols was a man who would rebuild them back into these kind of, you know, these mind-controlled soldiers. And then they would be passed on to Alfred Bielek, who would enhance their psychic abilities. He would work with them, he would um, teach them remote viewing, teach them telekinetic abilities. Nobody was sure of exactly what the Montauk boys trained for. Many of them were used as spies. They were set out, put back in the public as like Manchurian candidate soldiers. There's another major part of the program which was swept under the rug was a lot of the kids were psychics. And they descended on this and trained them as psychics. The Montauk chair was a device that derived from alien technology, according to Preston Nichols, and his own knowledge of electronics, that it can manifest thought into physical reality. But you needed a powerful psychic to sit in the chair. So Duncan Cameron was that man who sat in the Montauk chair. Duncan Cameron is basically 11. And at first they would think of inanimate objects like ball or glass that they could actually manifest into reality using this technology. Eventually, the project got heavy, according to Bielik and, and Nichols, and they manifested a creature. But when Al Bielik, Preston Nichols, and Duncan Cameron met in room one of the Memory Motel, they claimed that they devised a plan to take the entire project down to obliterate it because they wanted to stop it. What I wanted to have done, and we all agreed, was for Duncan to uh, materialize something like that. Even though it wasn't fully physical, it would scare the bejesus out of the, uh, you know, out of the top people, and they shut it down. Duncan Cameron got into the chair. He thought of a monster that they called Junior. Junior tore apart the base, scared everybody, destroyed things, chased people down, and the Montauk Project was shut down. And that's the story these guys have been telling for, what, 30 years? Al Bielek took the story to his grave. That's out there, but I love that idea. It's wild, man. I, I can imagine that uh, a bunch of dudes on acid could definitely convince themselves of this. I think Especially if you have a, if they were on the base through an acid <laughs> and I think if you, ha- <laughs> you know, yeah. And I think what's that thing in the Bible when two or more gathered in his name, I think there's something to, I think honestly, if you had enough people trying hard enough on acid, like some men who stare at ghost shit could happen and you could manifest something. I mean, every, <clears throat> you're talking about synchronicities, every like, hardcore trip I've had synchros will happen before I even know I'm going to be tripping or like Mm -hmm. stuff in the physical world, not just stuff like you see like lights in the sky or talk to an interdimensional alien or something like that happens, but stuff that stuff that, um, stuff that's like the universe will throw you curveballs that normally just would not happen on an average day. And everybody, if you're not, even if we're not by yourself, like everybody agrees, like that would not have happened if we weren't tripping. Like something will, something just off, off the wall will happen. Like you'll see an animal you've never seen before, or like you'll run into somebody you haven't seen in years, just by some insane one to million shot. 
it's like the i don't know they like <laughs> i what i guess what i'm saying is i wouldn't be surprised if you had like 10 people on acid if they actually could manifest something at least temporarily yeah i mean that's always the stuff i've heard i i've had friends that were super into psychedelics try to tell convince me of that like they're like i could they're like if i if me and a few other people could focus enough while on psychedelics we could materialize money and i was like okay mm, that's what that's what <laughs> i haven't heard know, of or tried before but that's pretty interesting <laughs> but that's the thing they're talking about materializing things like mm -hmm. out of out of their mind and so it's possible i mean i think it's possible i've never the thing the thing that's wild is i mean al billick and, and nichols particularly i mean they, they have stuck to this story for their whole lives yeah like they they you know have not wavered at all um which leads me to believe that they believe it yeah you know and so do i think that their claims are true probably not but i think that they've something has happened to them where i think some of their claims might not be true honest. but not necessarily the out there ones yeah like we yeah. were talking about earlier just like good the water like they they might have been implanted with false memories or mk ultra to just let's put this crazy these couple of crazy things in their memories so that it'll discredit every other bit of it um no. i don't know where this clip is from but i found uh well i'll just play it i looked i looked all over for the origin of this and i couldn't seem to find it but it's montauk day 1983 and so um in 1983 august 12th to be exact um there was uh a position where the he lead uh, psychic fell asleep on the uh, Montauk chair, and he was not being monitored at the time. Hmm. Why that happened, I don't know why he wasn't being monitored, but he wasn't. Okay. And during that time, he had a nightmare during his sleep state, and the chair uh, picked up the energy of the nightmare and became or projected it into the physical reality and created this energetic monster of sorts that started tearing up the base. And so literally they had to smash and disconnect, uh, you know, uh, abruptly all of the equipment in order to stop this transmission from continuing. And that for all intents and purposes brought an end to the Montauk project as I knew it, August 12th, 1983. And to those of us who were there that day is uh, we, we call it montauk day hmm. it's a slightly different version of the story too like the guy fills some guy fell well, asleep see, in the chair that's the interesting thing you get you get like multiple stories of that ending story that i've noticed yeah they um, don't quite correlate a lot of different various stories yeah and it's weird to me how that maybe that was maybe they were released at that point like maybe they have been giving these dudes a bunch of acid and hypnotizing them and putting them through all kinds of uh you know 
tests and and wild shit and then they put these guys out and once these guys are you know finally coming down the stories begin to uh blur and differentiate and uh i i don't know it's it's fascinating and uh who knows if we'll ever know i don't think the montauk the that it, it ended then um i think that a lot of it began with montauk and it will maybe end with montauk a lot of what we have with mk ultra and um that's the thing people are out there are going to tell you to pick sides and and people are telling us that you know that's the big thing like everybody is demonizing and villainizing the the other side and uh to me that's the whole that's what i believe the whole purpose of mk ultra was the mk ultra was a operation that a group of probably nazis um george uh, george white one of the main guys involved with mk ultra he came out of uh um oregon and oregon was a uh, back in the 50s was very uh uh, conservative white racist area and um, I think that a lot of the kind of American Nazi movement stuff probably infiltrated the CIA and uh, their goal was well let's the the way we take down the current government system and we implant what we want is by causing distrust and by making these two various uh, political sides uh, extremists and turn them on each other. You know, the more and more extreme you get, the more and more, you know, likely we're going to end up in like a civil war. And so I tell people, uh, you know, if you're Buy taking steps further... No, I tell them if you're taking steps further away from the middle, you're going the wrong direction. Um, we have to. I love that KRS one video. Uh, just because people are in power doesn't mean that they don't have emotions and that they're not human beings. Um, presidents cry too, and the we've got to. Uh, I think that's another big part of why these conspiracy theories about like reptilians and stuff have become so popular. I think that's part of it because if we can dehumanize people, um, it's going to be real easy to feel like it's okay to kill people. Right. You can look at people from Vietnam. I mean, the guys from Vietnam and stuff, they talk about all the time. They're like, don't think about them as people. If you think about those people uh, as people, you're going to have a harder time killing them. And uh, I think that's a big part of it. If we can convince each other that we're not, the other side isn't human, we're going to, uh, it's going to justify us killing everybody. So 
um, you know, I, I got to run. I don't know if you had anything else. I got a closing clip and we can wrap to... her if you're cool with that. Yeah, I do want to plug real quick. You know, you can find me at the Mystic Anarchist on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter, Instagram. You can get a hold of me through cultivateandcreate.org. And uh, I'm on the Mystic Anarchist podcast. And I'm sometimes I'm over at the Analyzed podcast. We did a swap cast with you a while back. We need to. Yeah, I still have to have those guys on. I don't know if they're interested. <laughs> uh, Thomas and JJ and all they're, them. They're a little more skeptical than I am uh, and, and not willing to entertain as. Uh, as many speculations as I am about things, but they're the, uh, good guys. They're they're sweethearts, and I love them. Um, so and uh, check out Analyze Podcast and Mystic Anarchist Podcast. Yeah, Mystic Anarchist and Cultivate and Create dot org will be linked in the show notes on the website, so you can click click them off from there. And yeah, man, I'll uh, I'll close with this uh, Montauk uh, clip. Al Bielek took the story to his grave, but my focus has been on the Montauk Boys program. I believe 100% it happened. And if you need anything, just research, uh, first, I would say, Holmesburg Prison. Research some of the public hearings in 1995 right. where Bill Clinton apologized for these experiments. America does remember the hundreds of men used in research without their knowledge and consent. And they were lied to. Uh, research of a woman named Christina Dinacola claimed that it wasn't just radiation experiments, but mind manipulation experiments. I was a subject in radiation, as well as mind control and drug experiments performed by a man I knew as Dr. Green. His objective was to gain control of my mind and train me to be a spy assassin. And so there's some very credible people that you can pay attention to. So instead of just saying, oh, that's, there's just no way that can happen, how could you say that? We have evidence that it happened. Mr. Mystic Anarchist, it's always a blast talking to you. Um, what are we what are we talking about next time? What do we got? What do we got? Oh, man, we need to do the. We need to. I need to finally like get into the JFK thing with you. You know that was something I. Oh, yeah. It's always been on the periphery for me, but when I dug in, I'm like, holy shit! Why has nobody ever told me any of the stuff that I'm finding? And, you know, so uh, I definitely want to talk with you about JFK and and because uh, you said that was like the, the start for you. And yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> Baby's first red pill, I think, is what Sir Spencer called. It. Yeah. The um, <laughs> we just we did a JFK episode not too long ago, but I have a I mean, even from what you've already in passing in the periphery mentioned, I think it, you're going to have a whole different kind of uh, angle to look at it from than our JFK episode we did. So right. yeah, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm very fascinated with, uh, with Jack Ruby and, uh, his role in all of it as well as Oswald. And, and, uh, another thing is, you know, um, I think that, that, uh, you know, Alex Jones, I think is a product of the JFK assassination. I think he like, uh, the stuff that went on while that before that happened after that happened i think that um he was intentionally uh roomed for uh his dad was in darpa and all some, that putting implants in cia yeah, agents teeth saying. 
Yeah, I've, I've thought about that. And then it would just like we were talking about with the Montauk boys throw in some poison in the in the uh, in the in the food. So you just have like Alex Jones. Everything he says is true, but you just have him sound like a maniac. So nobody listens to him. <laughs> um, and that guy, you, Alex Jones is like you could tell he's at like war with himself half the time. Like You just got super quiet. Oh, Alex Jones is like at war with himself. It seems like, like he's, yeah, he's a character, man. We might have I'm, to do a whole I, episode breaking down the psychology of Alex Jones one day. Right. So, uh, and and I I love the idea that he might be like a, a trance DJ or something. I've heard like several people theorize that he like secretly DJs in in like the the. Uh, Austin, no, Austin. Dallas, Fort Worth area. Oh, I love that. That's great. I haven't heard that. I'll have. To, I'm having the uh, news director for Infowars. He gave me his number. He's gonna be on the show soon. Uh, so well, I'll have you, to ask you him, ask about, him that. about that. Fucking if he, because <laughs> he's apparently an EDM enthusiast. So <laughs> I love it. All right, take it easy, man. Mystic Anarchist Podcast and Cultivate and Create dot org. Everybody, check that out. And uh, Shablagoo as. Um, Midnight Michaels. And I know because of KRS One. Yeah, and I know. And I know because of KRS One. Because he's dropping, dropping, dropping science, dropping history with a whole leap of style and intelligence. Yes, I know. No, because of KRS1. I've a six pack! A B S N A 6, the number, P A C K dot com. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried, and I just watched that podcast, Abe and a Six Pack, and it was the worst. It was the worst shit I've ever watched. It just shows. Anybody can have a podcast, and uh, even by those standards of anyone having a podcast, uh, this one was shit. It's like, uh, it's stupid, it's boring, it's a waste of time. And, uh, you know, there are two-year-olds with podcasts that are more worthwhile listening to than that. It it's just uh, don't waste your time. Really, really avoid it like the plague.